0: Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens Ah! or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup.
1: This is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today, we have Pramon from Cool Leaf, and we'll be learning about the business case, so the use case, for why his customers and prospects use Coolleaf. So let's just do some introductions. Prem, would you do us a favor and introduce yourself and Coolleaf? Yeah, William, good to be here. Appreciate your time. Sure. Prem Bhatia, I started
0: Coolleaf with two other co-founders, John Duisberg and Starwar Bouyan, over 10 years ago now. So when have made a lot of evolution from where we initially started. We're not a company that we look like today when we first started. So we made started with a B2C approach and then moved our way into B2B. And Cool Leaf now is an employee experience platform. We have about 45 full-time employees and contractors, and we're live in 20-plus countries
1: and are just excited to tell our story, I guess, today. Sure. So where where's the line of demarcation in the EX today or for you? Because sometimes people separate it into candidate experience, hard, hard demarcation, onboarding, if you will, and then employee experience, offboard, clear demarcation and, and offboard or, or outplacement. And then there's alumni. Yeah. That's how and again, that's how some people describe it or to think about it. How do y'all think about it? So we are really focused in on the time from that person's
0: first day mm-hmm. in the organization. So we are today, obviously things can change, but we're yeah. really not focused as our core on the candidate experience at all. Really where we focused is on the employee experience, sort of the time that person is signed on with the organization and really guiding their journey through that organization in terms of their growth. That's our core focus today. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so if your customers ask you over the years, have they asked you to do more of the pre-boarding So after they've signed an offer letter, right? Mm -hmm. Technically, I guess you could say they're an employee that just haven't started. But I've seen a lot and I've talked to a lot of people about a lot of stuff being sucked out of and sucked away from it. That that first day binder, the first day, week, all that stuff, the first stuff. And what was usually a horrific onboarding experience or real chemical onboarding experience and kind of making it more fun. And if we could offload some of that, pre-board it. And get some of that stuff taken care of. Like you do need to look at the employee benefits and you do have to go through. Yeah. Some of it's boring, but you got to do it. Okay. Fair enough. Have your customers pulled you through and asked you to do more of that type of stuff?
0: Yeah, absolutely. What I think it's tough, right? Because you delineate between when that person has accepted an offer versus when, you know, their actual first day of employment is. Right. Typically, we are part of that. Onboarding process, meaning our application and logging in and, and using CoolLeaf and understanding what it's all about, is part of what typically most employees go through during that onboarding process. But we're from a meta standpoint, we're actually looking at onboarding, and we'll be releasing some really cool new work and new features and capabilities around employee onboarding because it's become such a uh. pain point for most of our customers. And that, what's interesting about onboarding is, I think most people recognize the power of the first 90 days as being critical to the journey that employee's going to have you tend to make you tend to make most of your mistakes in those first 90 days and even organizations that don't do it do really well on culture have come to us saying that it's a challenge for them in those first 90 days of employment that onboarding is something that they could they know they could do better job at and so it tends to be a pretty common complaint so we have designed some really new, cool product enhancements and features that we're actually going to be releasing later this year around around onboarding and how to integrate some of the work that we do with challenges today, rewarding and incentivizing steps in the onboarding process, as well as really bringing that person into the culture so they can understand those core values and they can understand really what the organization stands for from kind of days. Or- so, yeah, so we're really excited about that because I think what we've done a really good job at has been the employee experience kind of macro scale, right? That's where we operate today, but like honing in more on that first 90 days and the onboarding experience is a big priority for us. And like I said, really excited about what we're going to be doing in that space now.
1: Yeah. It's micro experiences or moments that matter. And I've said for a long time that onboarding is 18 months. We get this, we've gotten this historically wrong where we romance the candidate in recruiting we get them all the way to a point. They say yes. We say yes. And they come on board and it's okay. How fast can we get you to work? And yeah. it, again, it becomes a chemical environment. And again, it's not what we sold them. It's probably not what we even sold ourselves. So I like, I love that y'all are focused on that because again, you're thinking about experience in a much more refined way. And so anything you can do from the moment that they start all the way back to offer layer, but from the moment that they start, that makes them it can it re- reaffirms that they made the right decision because you're both it's reaffirming right. yeah. on the company you're reaffirming like the, or did we make the right decision and it can't exactly do like employees doing the same thing
0: yeah and i think where our philosophy on this is that it's not going to end in those first 90 days in fact yeah. the journey is really beginning and we have a really you know, cool set of kind of new features that I, I mentioned that we've already been previewing with some of our customers and plan to release out into the wild later this year around some of these things. Yeah, we're excited about it. And I think when people think about employee experience, like 12, I think it's 12% of employees actually think that their organization does onboarding well. Right. So it's, it's a pretty miserable state of affairs in, in onboarding, right? So if you can, we can, can do some good work needle, here. You can even move the needle even a little bit. There's plenty of opportunity for plenty of folks out there.
1: So, um, how has EX changed with remote work and flex work? Yeah. It's funny because I think a lot of organizations
0: that thought that their quote unquote culture and employee experience was stellar when COVID started hitting in 2020. And obviously, everyone moved to remote environments and all of a sudden, the world changed and accelerated by within a few within a few months, by essentially five to 10 years, we accelerated in terms of our adoption of these types of things. I think there were a lot of employers that at that time really had to be dragged along. And the, what COVID did became essentially a forcing function for them to start thinking about their employee experience, not just from the physical surroundings, ping pong tables, beer kegs, things like that, because you could no longer make an argument around those physical surroundings when COVID and and remote started taking hold. I think it forced and essentially prodded along a lot of organizations that weren't quite ready yet. And even those that thought that they were ready, they were doing really a lot of the right things around culture and around employee experience, um, forced them to rethink how they need to start addressing employee experience in a virtual and decentralized and remote environment. So it was a huge forcing function, and we saw a massive uptick in our in our growth. Obviously, since COVID, we've grown, you know, triple digits year on year now. Last, last few years, consistently been one of the fastest growing companies in the country. It's part of the Inc. Five Thousand, and a lot of that was driven, quite frankly, from this movement to the remote world and to virtual and decentralized
1: work. Uh, that makes sense. Oh, it absolutely makes sense. And again, the experience changes when the experience changes. If we thought the box was our culture, well, that was a bad thought. But it gives us an, it gives us a blank screen, a new way to think. Okay, what is our culture, and what should right. be the experience? And you've mentioned the word journey a couple of times, so I want to. When it conjures up for me, okay, everyone's going to go highly personalized journey. Your journey is not my journey, etc. But I'm also thinking about has it tied to other kind of historic parts of HR, like Learning and performance, recognition comp, internal mobility, et cetera. So, w- with some of that as a backdrop, like how do y'all think about Journey?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. So, I think where we look at this comprehensively is like within the first 90 days of someone's employment, typically a lot of the things that they're going to encounter have to do with administrative and HR related items. But after a certain point, let's call it 30 to 60 days in, um, many of those things go away by the wayside. You don't actually interact with HR a whole lot more for a lot of employees until you really need something or you're confronted with some sort of whatever it might be that happens to have you need to reach out to the HR folks. What typically happens is then you're absorbed into your business unit and then your journey changes depending on the function that you play in the organization. Right? So. If I'm coming into an organization in a sales function, you know, maybe there's thir- 15 to 30 days of, hey, make sure you're uploading a your profile picture in X and reading our benefits packages, choosing X, Y, and Z, like some of the HR administrative types of things that all employees have to go through. That commonality exists across all employee, the entire employee base. Um, but then the journey starts really changing based on the business drivers that you're trying to move as a, let's say, an account executive or a BDR versus someone on the marketing team or someone on the customer success team. And so we view it more holistically as not just those administrative 30, 60, 90 days, but beyond that, what are some of the markers and drivers of success for you? What metrics are you owning? Um, What can we do to help performance really drive performance through performance incentives in that role? For example, when you're in a sales function, we may not only help on the journey from the HR and administrative aspect of the first 90 days, but you may actually have some incentives tied, um, some performance incentives that have already been hooked into your CRM, into cool Leaf that allow you to receive public recognition and points for taking an opportunity to a proposal stage, for example, in the pipeline. Maybe you're incented in, on the marketing team for open rates on some of the communications that you have or other types of metrics. We have impacted a lot of those metrics from a business driver standpoint. So it's not just the HR and administrative aspects of the world of the journey, it's how can we help to facilitate and get you more engaged on the metrics that matter as a team member, an individual contributor? Does that make sense overall in terms of, kind of how we're structured?
1: Yeah, it's, it's almost, I was doing a bit at a conference last week about DEI. And it's like, it's a real it's pursuit to something you'll never reach. So it's yep. like the journey, by the time you get to this place, so you set up, you kind of set a goal, you set a place in mind. Once you get there, You've already changed the next where you're going next. It's all right. So that that's if we right. think about that experientially, it's okay. So you you like you just you get promoted. You're now in a new job. Okay. So your experience, <laughs> it's changing around you. It's okay. Yeah. That's fine. And oh, by the way, here's some of the things that you should be thinking about next.
0: It's a never should never stop. Should right. never right. stand still. And I think where a lot of the approaches to simplifying this down are none of the backgrounds of the three co-founders we didn't start this company with any sort of an hr background and so we all came from it from product management or from some discipline within business development or project management or engineering and so our lens was always it's larger than just the hr side of the house the hr side of the house is extremely important and you need to continually reinforce what culture is all about what values are all about but the, at the end of the day, you're working within the business units and your business leaders need to be bought into how this can actually help drive the needle and prove them ROI as well.
1: So two two questions, for, but fairly simple. You mentioned multiple countries. I was wondering if now, if not now, will you all become multilingual And the other industries that you serve? Is there any kind of a concentration of things where you play really well here and you got a density of clients, etc.?
0: Yeah, so our... Customer base is primarily mid market to enterprise. So we typically serve organizations with 150, 200 employees at the kind of base end, all the way up to 25, 30,000 employees plus. So it's a, quite a wide range. Our focus, though, and our sort of sweet spot has tended to be within that market space, which I'll call it 250 to about 5,000 employees. We have a lot of organizations that are in the healthcare world. Oh, cool. We have a lot of organizations in tech. And We've done some work in higher ed as well, but I'd say like tech, healthcare and services are just three big sectors for us that we've seen a lot of success in. So working with organizations like Sales Loft and Shift, Synovus Bank is one of our larger customers. And we have some great, great case studies up on some of the needles that we've been able to move for for all those organizations on our site as well.
1: Oh, that's cool. And the languages are becoming multilingual or multicultural as you, do you see that in the future?
0: Yeah, we're actually live now, I believe in 20 plus different countries, maybe 22. And now our multilingual language capabilities are actually, we're going to be releasing that a little later this year in terms of just full on board in terms of everything. Today, uh, most of our organizations that have employees in different locales tend to be English speaking. We haven't necessarily needed to push too hard on that, but we are going to have that support set up for, uh, a little later this year.
1: When your customers usually take you there. If you go there, yeah, they're the ones that usually say, hey, we We really liked for this to be in whatever language. And so that that sounds perfect. You just follow your customers, you're fine. Let's do some by-side stuff. Your favorite part of the demo, the Cool Leaf demo, what is that? So
0: the platform for me, I think where my favorite sort of aspects, it's tough to say there's a favorite, but I'd say when we're going through and really demonstrating that Our platform is experiential in the sense that we run challenges for organizations that can span DEI-related types of challenges or fitness-related types of challenges, challenges that can be related to their business drivers. And so we've done a really good job evolving that feature set and really being... That's part of our initial legacy. as like a company was like we started on the experience side, right? Actually doing some services and bringing in like vendors in some cases to do some of those types of experiences, whether they're physically or virtually. But what that's allowed us to do is now have this library of thousands of different types of challenges that our customers have run over years now that address things like doing a 10000 step day challenge, where we integrate to Fitbit and Apple Watch, and we can like automatically incentivize the achievement of sort of fitness goals all the way to watch a specific video and then react to that, tell us what you learned from those things. There's a lot of magic in sort of those challenges that companies are running constantly through our platform that is being captured inside of those challenges when you go through a demo and you actually kind of share some of the things that we've seen people talk about in these challenges and the impact that it's had on them personally like we've seen that employees get healthier behaviors and start losing weight in some cases they've told us that hey this is actually a big part of why i started really getting more actively involved in my physical health or I never really thought about DEI in this way. And I really liked the idea that we did a challenge around this where we watched the video and everyone reacted to it and said what the lessons were that they learned. And that helped me to expand my perspectives around DEI generally from where it was before. I think those are the kind of where the magic really happens in our platform, along with many of the other things, obviously, like from a day to day recognition and reward standpoint. But those are really just magical things for a lot of our organizations, it's magical to, for them to have events and challenge or virtual challenges where their employees are coming together. Connecting with one another, achieving goals um, related to the organization or their own personal development, and kind of seeing that manifest itself is, is just a beautiful thing.
1: So EX, obviously, y'all got there really early, but IEX is super hot, and so is talent intelligence. Buyers don't have the literacy they do with kind of the older software categories, like an ATS or payroll or something like that. So what questions, if you could script them, what questions would you like buyers ask the team at Cool Leaf?
0: Yeah, I think when anybody's considering doing better than where they are at employee experience, it means that they're going down the right direction. They're thinking about this the right way. It's that we can always get better. I think the idea here is if culture matters to us and we have invested in culture, what will this help us facilitate in a more scaled fashion through more automations just like every other part of our business that's being SaaSified, if you will right SaaS is essentially mm-hmm. taken hold in every part of the organization right whether that's budgeting payroll employee experience is a critical part of any organization's priorities now and that's really just because we're in structurally a, a labor market where you have to consider employee experience and, and we don't have enough gen z coming into the workforce to make up for the retiring millennials now, retiring baby boomers, I should say. So that drive and that sort of demographic imbalance in terms of the labor market is going to continue. So any organization that kind of looks at employee experience starts saying that we want to invest more in employee experience. The questions that they should be asking us are like, what makes you all different when we think about employee experience? What are some of the ways in which we can really move the needle in ways that we couldn't do with more of a traditional approach to a siloed approach to recognition and reward. We're not actually, we don't consider ourselves a recognition company, quite frankly. We are a more holistic and comprehensive employee experience platform. So the questions that folks should be asking are, when we approach this with you, Cooley, versus whatever approach you might be taking, whether that's nothing or manual or other organizations that are out there talking about what they do in terms of more siloed approach, like what advantage will we get? From working with you in a more comprehensive fashion around around employee
1: experience. I love that. And you know what's funny is you're using a lot of the language of customer experience, right? So they right. it's familiar to them in some sense. So you've been to a Ritz Carlton or you've been to a Mercedes dealership. That experience, that feeling, that's all manufactured. It's that's it's, right. It's created. There's and nothing yep. at any of the luxury brands is not has not been thought of and rethought of. Exactly, I like right. the language of being a pull being able to pull something over to them. Like, you're familiar with this already. Now we're just applying it to your employees, not your customers. Success story, your favorite success story, your most recent success story without brand names. So you don't have to tell me the customer or anything like that, but just somewhere where you know that you've made an absolute impact. Cool Leaf has made an impact.
0: Yeah, a lot of great stories there. I think amongst my favorites is, and we can talk about this because it's actually out on our site, Synovus Bank, and what they did in terms of, moving the needle on their top performers and mid performers in their banking and sort of the finance world. We had a tremendous amount of success on showing that we could move the needle to really increase their their lowest performers into mid-tier performers and their mid-tier performers to high performers. We saw a measurable impact and that's all detailed out in that case study that's out on our site on coolleaf.com. But that is probably one of those where I feel like we can really talk about tangible, measurable impact on the business as well as the impact that we had on employee engagement indicators there. When I think about that being one of the, or one of those stories that I think that stood out to me, I think the other story is just this idea that on G2 and what our users talk to us about, how they respond to what we're doing, we serve their needs ultimately at the end of the day, more than anybody else's. They're, they are the employees of organizations that we work with. The stories and the testaments that we've got on G2 are also one of my favorites run through all the time and see where we can make better improvements I have personally responded to a few of those as well. And I appreciate anybody that's got things to say about where we can be better. And yeah, it's exciting to kind of see it.
1: Awesome. Brother, wonderful job. You built a wonderful software company. Congratulations. Keep doing what you're doing. And thanks for being on the podcast.
0: I appreciate it, William. It's good to, uh, good to talk with you and uh, good to catch up
1: and look forward to being in touch. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time.
0: You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at RecruitingDaily.com.